They are material, they're physical, they're spiritual, they're emotional, psychological, and all of that, if we are to provide any sort of sense of meaning around being a people-first organization, all of that ought to be considered, presented, and honored. Welcome to Act in Line, a product of the Acton Institute for the Study of Religion and Liberty. I'm Eric Cohn, executive producer. For this episode of Act in Line, we're bringing you a talk from our Business Matters 2022 conference. Colin Duff is a co-founder and head of operations at Styx Golf. In this talk, Duff speaks on how to align company culture with the human experience to create a compelling vision for employees. He stresses the significance of identifying a gap in the market and developing a unique value proposition, as Sticks Golf did, by providing high-quality, minimalist-designed golf gear at a reasonable cost. Additionally, he highlights the importance of being attentive to customer feedback and making updates to the product, as the company did with their new version launch in April 2021. He also stresses the need for a defined and compelling company culture that prioritizes employee well-being and supports the company's growth goals. He emphasizes the importance of transparency, authenticity, and shared responsibility to foster an environment where employees can flourish. Registration for Business Matters 2023 is now open at acton.org slash businessmatters. You can also look in the show notes for this episode for a link where you can register for free. Again, that's acton.org slash businessmatters. You can find additional resources in the show notes for this episode as well as find previous episodes of Acton Line on our website at acton.org slash actonline. And if you like this program, you can help us reach even more listeners by sharing it with a friend and leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We welcome your comments as well. Acton Line is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Hi, my name is Colin Duff, and I'm a co-founder and current head of operations for Sticks Golf, a fast-growing e-commerce golf company that launched September 2020. Uh, it's a pleasure to be speaking to you today, addressing this topic of company culture and the human person, how to bring those two things together to create a compelling vision for your people. But before we get into that, let me tell you a little bit about the story of Sticks Golf and what brought us to that point. Uh, Sticks Golf uh, launched, like I said, September 1, 2020. Um, at the height kind of of the pandemic, it was a big risk, but the idea itself had been formulating for some time. And it came about like most businesses do, where we simply saw an opportunity. A group of the co-founders here have been golfers for decades and having loved the game, but wanting to upgrade their clubs, they went looking. And you go to the store and you basically forced two options. You're forced to pick between a cheap, kind of starter set, cheap materials, cheap design, cheap price, or go more the traditional route, which is this a la carte approach you'd find at a pro shop where you're spending hundreds, if not thousands of dollars on golf clubs. And being dissatisfied, we created a third option here, which is this middle market approach that we've chosen. And that's, that's really the fundamental value prop of Sticks Golf, is to create 
high quality, minimalist design golf gear at an affordable price. And uh, not knowing how that was going to resonate, we, we, were, we, were, we were fairly confident, but not knowing how that was going to resonate, we committed to inventory, decided to launch September 1, and uh, we were absolutely blown away with the response. The inventory that was supposed to last us a quarter, we sold out in two weeks. And uh, just over overwhelming support from this golf community. And so we, since then, have been playing catch-up. And having entered into the market by trying to create a product specifically for customers to hit their design style, the, the performance requirements, and the price, uh, we prided ourselves on being really responsive to customer feedback, uh, an iterative company to take what we've made and respond to what we were hearing and make it better to better serve our customers. And so it was only several months into launching the product that this highly supportive community had been buying it and playing with it started to give us some critical feedback, uh, good feedback about our product. And so uh, the co-founding team, the leadership team got together and we started uh, producing and working on our next version of clubs, which we officially launched April of 2021, only what, seven, eight months into the life of the business. And that also went really, really well. And to date, we have received nothing but uh, really good feedback about V2. And so, honestly, it's been, it's been an incredible journey. We've been around, you know, like a year and a half and have gone through two versions of the clubs. But the customer base, customer confidence, brand loyalty, all of that stuff continues to improve. And uh, we think 2022 is going to um, be an incredible year. So, given our brand brand voice and identity, given the customer base we we're building and reputation and our growth and our significant growth goals in the coming years, uh, we really had to put a concerted effort into defining this atmosphere, environment that our employees were going to come in and operate and spend vast quantities of time uh, and how those individuals were going to thrive. And so what we did is we came up with what we have now is our six aspirations. And we are intentional about calling them aspirations because it's truthful that these are ideals or practices that we all aspire to and we recognize that we're not perfect. And that creates a great sort of authenticity or transparency between us and the employee because we just right off the bat will say like, this is who we want to be, but we're not always this. So we all have a responsibility to one another to call each other back. So our six aspirations are this. They're, um, we strive, that's the key term. We strive to be a people-first organization. Uh, we strive to create. Uh, we strive to grow. We strive to be agile. We strive to challenge. And we strive to flourish. And... The truth is, is you could probably find most of those points on other companies' culture decks. There's nothing really unique about those. Uh, it was really when we got to the point of actually having to fill out that content, you know, sitting down at the proverbial table or across the table from a new employee or what is I mean, most of our employees we do onboarding through Zoom these days, but sitting down and looking at them and attempting to sort of explicate or explain what those mean, um, that's the time where we actually got to do some really unique stuff and create a really compelling vision. Uh, and let me illustrate for you just using two points from, from our six. And I'll do the bookends, the strive to be people first organization and strive to flourish. So the people first language by itself is laughable. Unless you actually fill out conceptually what we're talking about when we talk about people and then how we put 
them first. And so what I do is when I sit across the table from a new employee and I introduce them to kind of who we are and how we think about these things, to greater or lesser degrees of explicitness, I will walk them through the fact that I acknowledge, one, they're creatures. They're creatures made by God with a particular destiny. Uh, they are imbued with certain impulses to create, to love, to seek and define uh, value from the communities within which they operate, to uh, find beauty, to create you know, meaningful contribution at work. They're finite. They're, they are limited by their own creatureliness and their capacity to accomplish certain things. And they're also committing vast quantities of their limited time to this organization and that ought to be honored. They are filled with desires and aspirations and dreams that are not unimportant. They are also shaped by a culture um, that pressures them to define themselves by their particular vocation or profession, most of the time with negative consequences. Uh, and finally, you know, they are material or physical, they're spiritual, they're emotional, psychological, and all of that, if we are to provide any sort of sense of meaning around being a people-first organization, all of that ought to be considered, presented, and honored. Honored. And how do we do that? We, I'll give you two illustrations, at least in kind of what I laid out for you. The one is sort of our push against this kind of workism, and I mentioned that a little bit earlier, but that is the impulse that uh, life ought to be and identity ought to be defined by what one does. We are very explicit in our onboarding presentation that they ought to have meaningful engagement outside of their nine to five. Whether that's political causes or church communities or sports teams or time with their kids. This cannot be the only thing that they do and the only thing that they derive meaning from. And we are very explicit about that. Additionally, we have a really robust PTO policy that, in many ways, to get the best person, best kind of contribution, best kind of concentration, the deepest work, these individuals cannot be exhausted by the demands of the job. And so we regularly, uh, the leadership regularly encourages team to take time off, to reset, to disconnect, and we build the team around one another in order to support each other's time off. Uh, just as, a, as an illustration, as I record this, I am on my sixth week of paternity leave, and the company has been extraordinarily generous with that and has done a fantastic job backfilling and supporting my significant responsibilities. Given that this is the case, that we're sitting across the table and we've acknowledged the complexity and richness of the human situation in which this individual finds him or herself, and we find ourselves in that exact same position, and we've created kind of a transparency here and acknowledgement, we go through the rest, the next several points, which is really like expectations. What the high expectations of this individual's performance in the organization and how we're going to support them in that, all connected to the first point, with the goal of getting to the final aspiration, which is this idea of like we strive for flourishing. We strive to flourish. And what we mean by that is, is pretty simple. There's something that happens in the life of one of our employees when they have found good positional fit, which is we defined by this idea of uh, passions and skill set aligning within the organization, which produces a kind of vitality, engagement, and energy that you don't find elsewhere. When we've found good positional fit, you pay your people well so they are able to take care of their material needs and are not stressed out about how to pay for their bill or pay their bills. Um, 
when they have found community or kind of camaraderie or friendship in the workplace, you check some of those boxes, they leave work, he or she leaves work, um, not hating their job, not zapped of all energy, not with a you know, cup empty, and they return to the, to the sort of social spheres within which they live their life, familial, uh, other relationships, church, political, sports teams, a different kind of person, more energy, more engagement. And, and that's really what we're going for. By creating an environment in which we acknowledge all of this and we've built policies to support it and we have a shared sort of language and categories through which we think through some of these things, the goal is, the fruit is that these people go back to their families, their communities, and on and on, a better person. There's a kind of, a kind of flourishing that can be achieved there when they're not being drained by their job. Now granted, Culture stuff is incredibly complex and difficult. It's one thing to introduce an employee to a series of ideals, and it's another thing uh, in the life of the business, given all its complexities and rhythms and distractions, to continue to hold to that ideal, to continue to bring people back. This is why we acknowledge very early on that we are not perfect. We fail, and we have to keep each other accountable. And so even in introducing these ideals, simultaneously we introduce like we are all responsible for keeping us uh, away from mission drift. We need to be right here in this place so that we all thrive. Additionally, when you, when you sort of uh, lay a, a, a mutual acknowledgement and agreement and transparency uh, by laying out sort of the case that we just did, when you have to terminate those relationships it's very, very difficult. This doesn't solve that problem because what you're doing is you are, you, you are presenting a case for how you understand this individual and care for this individual. And then to terminate that relationship, it's, it's, it remains incredibly difficult. And that, that actually doesn't go away. Uh, the hope is that this individual understands at the end of the day um, that you did everything you could to support them. That's the goal. And so what does this all accomplish? Like we started this talk by uh, addressing this idea of company culture and the human person and presenting a compelling vision. Um, I think it does a couple of things. To date, and all of the people that we've recruited from other jobs into this company, it has been incredibly confirming from them to hear us verbalize this. This is where we've heard comments like, no one has ever spoken to me like this, or this is incredibly inspiring, it's that people don't talk like this. And people don't present a compelling case of mutual understanding um, and that just creates some incredible power in the life of the individual you just brought onto your team and a confirmation that they made the right decision. Additionally, what we have found that it produces is a kind of shared language, candor, uh, and a freedom to, to speak and provide feedback because they know that you understand and, and care. Um, and in addition to that, it has produced, and I think the goal of this originally was to produce a kind of longing to understand more. Um, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people in the organization that have asked why we crafted a, uh, an onboarding process that spends so much time talking about the individual uh, and, and wanting to, to get at like where we're coming from with all of that, which has created a, a tremendous opportunity to develop relationships with our people. At the end of the day, my recommendation for any entrepreneur that's listening to this or anybody that has 
creative or you know shaping um, power influence over company culture or the onboarding process itself is is one to remind you that um, you have tremendous resources at your fingertips within the the Judeo-Christian tradition uh, to help shape how you think about anthropology and how to bring that to bear within this particular context to greater or lesser degrees of theological explicitness, depending on your business. Um, and given that that's the case, my encouragement would be to do so because there is a kind of uh, compelling power that comes along with the truth that is inspiring. And like I mentioned earlier, creates a kind of longing to understand more because people generally don't hear things like this that correspond to their lived experience. So I've just found that there's tremendous power uh, in doing so, and I would encourage you to do the same. Uh, additionally, if you're going to substantiate some of these claims, if you're gonna do this and you're gonna substantiate that, this, you'll have to put in some standardized policies like we have. If, if you wanna stand against this kind of workism as a like life-defining, identity-defining, a cultural trend where you acknowledge the place of rest in the life of the individual and its value, um, you can do some real work on the side of policies to support that and, and train managers to be very concerned with and to encourage taking time off and disconnecting from the organization because the impulse is to not. People have a hard time taking vacation and you can really encourage that. And I think finally it's, it's this, that by implementing a culture as informed by a more robust conception of the human person and situation, taking that seriously and building a support system that yes, is high on expectations, but is also high on support and development, um, you have the opportunity to leave an incredible legacy. And that's something we talk to each employee about as well. My name and the other co-founders, in one way or another, are attached to this business and the life of our employees. Depending on how long they're here, eventually they're gonna go and they will think back to Sticks Golf and the way that we worked with them and the way that we communicated to them and they will have an impression. And our goal here is actually to create uh, an environment in which this is the greatest job that they've ever had and thus leave an incredibly positive legacy. Um, and that would be my encouragement to you by doing all of this, uh, you can do the same. Thanks for your time. As always, thank you for listening. Our team loves putting this podcast together for you. It's encouraging to hear from our listeners. Feedback is incredibly important to us because it lets us know what you'd like to hear more of, including the kinds of topics you're interested in most. If you have comments, feedback, or ideas for a show topic or interesting guest, you can email our team at producer at actin.org. Until next week, for Acton Line, I'm Eric Cohn.